0: Do I love my neighbor Do you love them? Can I feel his pain me? Really
1: Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Justice I am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out of control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with
0: Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg, And my name is Susan Collenberg. And welcome again to Parables and Object Lessons, and this is Parables and Object Lessons number 14. And uh, before we get going, Susan, would you open the program with a word of prayer, please?
2: Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for uh, the wonderful opportunity we have to learn more about you. And uh, we pray that you will send your Spirit to be with us all, that we may... Um, find those things that are hidden in your word, and um, you would help us to ch- have changed hearts because of it. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Now, last time we discussed buried, buried treasure, and, and this time we're going to discuss the pearl, the parable of the pearl. And, um, you know, before before we get going on this, I wanted to, to kind of preface this a little bit, uh, this the, uh, today's program, uh, because uh, what we're talking about here, it, when we talk about the hidden treasure or the 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 pearl, is we're talking about God's character and who He really is, and and we're we're walking on holy ground, and we want to be very careful, and uh, and so, but you know, it's my opinion, it's Susan and and my opinion that that God's been made out to be someone that He's not, and you know, uh, He's been made out to be a God that's just kind of laying and waiting for you to do something wrong so He can He can nail you, and you know, and he's angry, and somehow we need to put Jesus between us and an angry God, and that's going to make it all right. And well, you know, that's appeasement, and that's that's a pagan concept. God is the great physician that's looking to heal you. You know, and and I think about this, and I, like I say, I'm, I'm I'm going to be very careful when I say this, but you know, when a when a child's molested, thoughts about themselves enter their mind unfiltered by logic and reason, and they these thoughts will stay with them and remain with them the rest of their lives. And they will look at everything through the lens of how bad they were hurt and through the lens on how they felt during the the actual act. And this will taint their um, feeling about themselves and the world around them for the rest of their lives.
2: Well, and I think it's because... um... You know, actions and experiences can produce those wrong concepts that we have about who we are and, and what, what truth is and what goodness is and, and what bad is. And so, um, you know, when, when someone is molested, um, you know, what, what's going on? What happens in a family where this occurs? A lot of times there's guilt, there's shame, there's cover-up, um, there's threats that the family will be broken up. Um, don't say anything otherwise right. you're gonna cause you know uh, you, you, more harm more and,
0: harm just hush hush keep it quiet when you're trying to hold on to the whole the, to the truth of the matter mm-hmm. and um, I know for you were you looking through a different lens about yourself
2: well uh, you know when you're when you're five years old and you're you're um you're being sexually molested you the only you know you're a very your mind is so primitive that you just all you can think about is that you're dirty and that right. you're um, you're somehow damaged. Different. Well, it, it's it it it's something that has changed you as a child. It's something that changes your your whole persona mm-hmm. into um, you know, like I said, someone who's dirty or damaged or unlovable. And there's nothing that can really come in and reverse that until you can get beyond the age where your reasoning skills have developed. Where your
0: reasoning ability comes in.
2: Well, and where you can have some truth and be able to really um, look at things. But but still, the mind is still damaged.
0: It's still damaged. You still look at at things through the, the lens of the way you felt. Right at that time. Right. So
2: there's like a warping of of the the um, reality. Well, in but not only reality, but there's like a warping of the gray matter inside your head. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get it. You have been programmed just like a computer. You're programmed um because of your experiences and so you just lose all contact with what is right and good and holy and mm-hmm. you know you it, and so it just really, you know, you talk about having a lens and and having that lens bent, so you don't think, see things correctly, and it's the same way with molestation. Your lens going through life is just really it, bent.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned also that uh, what happens in the family—you know, there's guilt, there's shame, and there's mm-hmm. hush hush, and mm-hmm. whatever can, can right. actually can occur, right? Well, I'm going to take this, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this over into the realm of the spiritual, and let's talk about spiritual molestation. What what could possibly Happen in the church? What is spiritual molestation? And could that be being taught lies about God that he needs to be appeased? But Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, so there's a rub right there. There's a definite rub. Mm -hmm. See, many of us are taught as baby Christians, and the rest of our lives we look at God not as a doctor ready to take out vengeance on our disease, our infection, if you will, of fear and selfishness, but as a tyrant, ready to take out vengeance on us. Remember the disciples when they're walking with Jesus they say, Can we should we call fire down from heaven? And he says, you don't know what spirit that's from. Mm-hmm. See, and this picture of God that he's waiting to nail us, that he's, he's going to take vengeance out on us, this picture of God enters a baby's Christian's mind unfiltered by logic because maybe a church leader or someone that's respected in the church has taught us this, mm-hmm. right?
2: Right but you know and the thing is is we we all have questions and right. we don't say anything because of guilt and shame and right. um you know you don't want to go against what the church family um believes and um
0: it'll divide the church right all that kind and of stuff and so you
2: just kind of sit back and and um accept it for truth and and you move on
0: right so so what's the remedy um god said let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus in other words Use our God-given abilities to reason. I mean, our God-given abilities to reason, this is part of the reason, part of the uh, cluster of things that makes us in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Right? Right.
2: And then we, we've we talked about sin in the past, right. and, and what, is, what is sin? What is mm-hmm. the definition of sin? How do you actually— characterize it
0: right because once again what are words they're symbols of ideas well, and right? i think
2: sometimes we think of sin as you know you're breaking a rule you're breaking a law or something like that when in fact sin is something that affects you and other people
0: yeah exactly so sin we talked about it before but um so sin is selfishness sin is le- seeking a legitimate need in an illegitimate way sin is an attitude of rebellion Sin is breaking the law of love. See, sin is the exploitation of others for selfish gain, but we're taught that it's something that makes God mad. Mm, it's breaking mm-hmm. the rules, right. and we need to be punished for it. Right. Sin punishes sin. Remember the, all the Bible texts that tell us that. The wages of sin is death. Sin, when in full grown, brings forth death. He who sowns to the carnal nature, from that nature reaps destruction. We're not punished for our sins. We're punished by our sins. You see, by wrong habits, we lose self control, we lose the ability to reason correctly about matters that intimately concern everyone and we hurt people. We exploit people, we sin. That's what's wrong with Mm -hmm. alcoholism. That's what's wrong with our bad habits, is we exploit others and we we sin and we punish ourselves and everyone around us. Right. God does not have to punish us for that. Sin punishes sin. Right.
2: Because I think the thing is is that you know, so you can look at it at, at this way. Am I afraid of God because he's going to get me because I sin? Or am I f- afraid of sin because sin is going to get me?
0: Yeah, I think sometimes we're more f- afraid of the God. We put the God as the heal, enemy. Right, yeah. the one who can And he's heal the only us. one that can heal us. Right. He's not the enemy. And, sin is the enemy. And
2: the thing is, is that, you know, sometimes it's hard to grasp, but God already knows everything. Right. Right? And, um... You know, God God doesn't isn't trying to get you out of trouble. God's trying to God isn't trying to get you into trouble, he's trying to get you out of trouble. He's trying to arrest the disease, right? That infection of selfishness within the heart and mind.
0: You, yeah, you know, and I mean sometimes we have to have something from outside ourselves to arrest the disease, don't we? Right. Yes. You know, I mean, speaking of arthritis, they will they will give a person methotrexate and embril mm-hmm. to arrest psoriatic arthritis because if they don't it will destroy the joints right the doctor takes out vengeance on the disease he arrests the disease but it's something from outside of us that deals with the disease and we have to trust the doctor and then we have to i mean do you have to give yourself a shot in the leg every other every once a week once a week so
2: isn't wouldn't that be awful if the whole medical community i mean we put people in jail if if they hurt their patients (laughs) Yeah. But, but we say it's okay yeah. for God to hurt us. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that that's probably one of the biggest freeing thing is to be able to see that God doesn't He's want to He's not the enemy. Sin and, is the enemy. Right, and he does not want to hurt us. He wants to restore us back into the image that he desired for us in the beginning. And I think that, you know, um, when we work with people who are struggling with drugs and alcohol, it's like, you know, they always think they've gone too far, but see, God— God sees everything that person's gone through, and He's able to bring them back to restore mm-hmm. Re- them. Restoration, to a, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm glad that we have Him as our great physician, and not you know somebody that's trying to destroy us. Yeah,
0: and anyone, know, if I'm afraid of my doctor or I don't trust my doctor, I think he's a quack. I'm not taking the medication. Right. See, and we know what the medication is. Mm-hmm. It's love. Right. It's love. It's being able to embrace God's forgiveness, which is a quality of love. It's being able to, to embrace all the qualities, all the characteristics of, of of God that are so wonderful and so beautiful. And when we finally we get that by beholding, we're be, we become changed. But we're able to be healed by love, right? And we know? become
2: different people. Become different people. People who would rather, um, you know, do for others than put ourselves in front of other people, and we'd we'd rather. Um You know, do whatever then then go against God's ways and his character. Yeah. Because there's just pain and suffering in that way. So So now that
0: we've 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 kind of prefaced the pearl, right. This is what we're talking about. Right.
2: So this is um it's based on chapter um on Matthew chapter thirteen, verses forty five and forty six. And then Jesus compared it to um a a precious pearl. He illustrated this lesson once again with a parable. A parable about a merchant man who, when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had, and he bought it.
0: Jesus himself is that pearl of great price. In him is the fullness of the Godhead. He is the brightness of the Father's glory. The glory of the qualities of the God's character is revealed in Jesus Christ. Right. Jesus, remember, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father.
2: Exactly. The righteousness of Christ as a pure white pearl, it has no defect and no stain. And you know what? Men cannot improve on pearls. Nope. Because his character is a character without flaw. Um, in Colossians 2, 3, it says... Um, in Christ hid are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and he is made unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that's 1 Corinthians 130 all that can satisfy the needs and longings of our human soul for this world and for the world to come is all found in Christ that's
0: right you know and he Jesus he he came what does the bible say in John he came into his own and his own received him not okay so the light Of God shone in the darkness of the world and the darkness comprehended it not John 1 5 see and and I'd like to look at it this way there were two types of people in Christ's day and there are the same two types of people today
2: right in Christ's day there were people who wanted a God that would come and just you know get rid of and annihilate their enemies defeat the Romans and when Jesus didn't do this it was proof to them that he wasn't God But as we read, they were in darkness.
0: Yeah, and if you look at the difference between Peter and Judas, they both said, in in no uncertain terms, they both said in their hearts, no God of mine is going to wash my feet. Judas wanted Jesus to take care of his enemies, and when he didn't, Judas ran from the light and handed Jesus over to force his hand.
2: Right, but not everyone ran from the light. That's right. Right, so Peter... Just like Peter, there were people that realized that they had a spiritual problem, that they realized that they really needed help.
0: Right. So, so the merchant man in the parable represents these people, the people who were sincerely de- desiring the truth. In many different nations, there were good men searching for God. Among the Jews, there were men who realized that there was something missing in their lives.
2: Right. They had been longing and praying for the light from heaven, and when Christ was revealed to them, they received him with great gladness.
0: Right. And and so in the parable, well, let's go back to Peter just a second, because did not Jesus wash both Judas's and Peter's feet? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. Something happened to Peter.
2: Well, something happened to Judas, too.
0: Yeah. It was the same Jesus, the same... They both uh,
2: had a conviction.
0: Yeah, they both had a conviction, uh, and, and um, that's the thing. Either love is going to awaken love in your heart, or it's going to repulse you. And Judas said, no God of mine is going to wash my feet, and he tried to force Jesus' hand. And I think that's a big part of it, and I think Peter thought he loved Jesus and realized that he had a lot of work that needed to be done mm-hmm. when he denied him. There was a lot of, uh, and, and that kind of, that, that hit home for Peter when he denied Jesus three right. times. Doesn't
2: it give you hope, though, because I know in my own life I've struggled to, you know, to really put forth my convictions about Jesus and to know that even in, in those times of weakness that um, that God and Jesus, they understand, you know, they understand the human condition and yet they continue to draw us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's the beautiful um, thing about the gospel. It continues to draw us to a higher level.
0: Yeah, yeah. So in the parable, now remember the the pearl's not symbolized as as a gift. The merchant man bought it at the price of all he had. And so we ask the question: Since Christ is represented in the Scripture as a gift, is he a gift or not?
2: Well, I th- he's a gift, but only to those who give themselves, soul, body, and spirit to him without reserve. We are to give ourselves to Christ.
0: Okay, so that you know, with that as a backdrop, mm-hmm. uh, giving ourselves to Christ, what constitutes a good day for you? You know, there there are three things mainly that keep us separated from God. We've gone over these three things um, in previous programs, but these three things. These three things can ruin a good day if uh, if we allow them to. Then these three, three these three things are resentment, anger, and fear, right? And I want to talk about these things in the context of me wanting what I want, because if I want what I want, I haven't given myself fully to Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if I so resent my resentments are when my, I didn't get my will in the past. My anger and depression is when uh, I'm not getting my will in the present, and my fear. is is that I may not get my will in the future. And resentment, anger, and fear are the symptoms of running on our own wills. But Jesus said, not my will, but thy will. And it's so important that we understand that, that he gave himself at that moment wholly to the Father. In other words, the clamoring of his carnal nature He ignored and he went with doing the right thing at that time.
2: Right. And I think that's a great example because all that we are, all the talents and capabilities that we possess, are the Lord's to be devoted to his service. When we ourselves, when we give ourselves to him, we obtain that great pearl of price. Christ, with all the treasures of heaven, he gives himself to us
0: so it's such a, it's an inter- interesting paradox because salvation is a free gift and yet it's to be bought and sold in the parable the pearl is represented as being bought without money and without price you see in this market anyone can find these goods any anyone can get a hold of these goods but it causes it it costs sacrifice i mean when when we go into the prison and we speak to those women at full mm-hmm. at, at at the women's facility mm-hmm. um are we it, it, does that are you? Do you obtain the pearl when you're going in there and doing that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: but see, it, you, you, but we have to participate mm-hmm. in order to obtain it. We don't. We don't obtain that pearl sitting at home watching television. Right. You know, it's participating in God's work is when we when we actually realize or be able to embrace um, um, the goodness of God.
2: Right, and those the the principles of you know you give and it will be given back to right. you. Right. And so it's not a lot of times, you know, you can hear maybe some people say, "Well, as you give money, God's going to give more money back to you." But I think it's, it's so your, much
0: more than that. Yeah, it's giving of yourself,
2: and and then God gives you peace and comfort and assurance. And it it's not the things of this temporal world that that God is primarily talking about. It's he's about he's talking about restoring our mind back to us mm-hmm. to a, you know, to a um a mind that's safe and and um. Completely healed. Yeah, because we all have minds that are bent towards
0: self. Yep, all in, and we're all looking to protect ourselves. Right. You know, wouldn't
2: I, that be? Wouldn't it be something to um, be able to uh, participate in relationships where all minds are healed, and we're uh-huh. no longer thinking of ourselves and only of ourselves? That will be heaven. That would be heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so the treasure, this treasury, with all its truths of jewels of truth is open to anyone jesus says behold i have set before thee an open door that no man can shut i counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou may be rich and that's revelation 3 verses 8 and 18.
0: yeah you know we can't earn salvation but we are to search for it with every fiber of our being we're to pay for the pearl of great price but not in ways you might think. It just simply requires sacrifice.
2: Right. And so this is where the Pharisees were and this is I think a lot of times where we can be they they were definitely favored, we're favored. They had a they had a, a spiritual advantage over their neighbors and yet they still, still said with pride, "We are rich and increased with goods and we have need of nothing." Yet they were wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked.
0: That's that's true, and Jesus offered them the pearl of great price. He offered to help them with their infection of fear and selfishness. You remember, he he said that, that that they were in bondage bondage, and they said, "We're in bondage to no one." Right? You know, they just they so and, and we can you know we can end up with that that attitude or that mindset. It's so so easy, and they chose the Pharisees chose not uh, to accept Jesus's help. They didn't want to change. And so he said to them, The publicans and the harlots, they go into the kingdom of God before you, Matthew, Matthew twenty one, thirty one.
2: Right. And so we need to look and say, are we those same people that in Revelation three, seventeen, are we miserable and poor and wretched, blind and naked? You know, Christ has offered us the pearl of great price, but have we accepted it? Do we want to change or do we or in our minds do we claim to be healthy when we're really not? Right. And you
0: know you've seen people that have got something wrong with them that will not go to the doctor and let the doctor examine them. Mm -hmm. They'll say, I'm fine. Well, you don't look fine. No, no, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. You know, and there are so many of us spiritually that are in that condition where we continue to say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And so, uh, that that's, that's where we get into trouble spiritually is, is we can't see that we are right. infected with fear and selfishness.
2: And, and that, and we, and to, you know, we keep maintaining, we don't need a physician. Right. We're, we're good on our own. I don't
0: need a doctor. I don't need a doctor, right. you know, um, the alcoholic. I know for me, I know for me when I, when I was in, um, uh, um, in my addiction, mm-hmm. I didn't need help. Right. I didn't, you know, and, and no matter what any, nobody could convince me.
2: In your own mind, you didn't need help, exactly. but everybody from the outside could it's, look and you see. You could
0: see that right. a person's life is is Hanging, coming apart, right. and yet when you're when you're blind like that, you can't see, you can't see what's really going on.
2: And I think the hardest person for hardest ones of us to see is when we are in the church and we claim to know "quote unquote" the truth, and we. Have everything together on the outside, but
0: inside. And that's exactly what right, it says: rich it. and increased in right. goods, and have need of nothing. That is right. so clear. You don't and you don't realize poor, wretched, miserable, blind, naked—all the spiritual qualities that are that lead to death. Right. And see the And I don't. For me, because I, I spend a lot of time searching for peace. hmm You can't search for peace. Right. Peace is a byproduct of a relationship with a loving God. Right. You can't. And you know that's what I'm saying? where we're
2: that's where we're circling back to the beginning. Do right. we have that relationship? A total surrender to a relationship with a loving God. With a loving God that yes. wants to come
0: into our hearts and into our minds and heal us. Mm-hmm. And and what the the key to the whole thing is when you know when you're sick and you go to the doctor. You've got to tell him what your symptoms are.
2: Right. You've got to be honest You've with him. You've got to be
0: honest. Right. And it's hard to go to God and say, I'm poor, wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. And, you know, which one do you want to work on first? Right. That's a humbling thing. But that's we have to tell him where it hurts. Absolutely. We have to or else ha- he won't be able to heal. He us. can dig deep. He can help us dig the poison out of our soul. He that's can do right. that. And when you get that clutter out of the way between you and God, then the relationship can build. You know, folks, we're going to have to wrap it up here and get down the road, but we just uh, we want to remind you that you can drop us a line at www.justasiamministries.com or shoot us a call at 916-417-129, I'm not, 916-645-1297. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, the other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my can I feel his pain his really
1: you. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work they've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you, 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.